Phil, do you want to come up? I'll just pray for you. Thank you, Lord, so much for Phil. Thank you for his gifting. Um, Thank you that, yeah, you have given him everything he needs for this morning. We pray that he will be blessed with so much joy and peace as he preaches your word and that we will, yeah, just know you more deeply, Jesus, and know what prayer with you is like. Amen. 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 Well, good morning again. Good morning. I was going to say Happy New Year. I've spoken to many of you already, uh, and we've done that. I was presented with a question this morning, which I think I've thought about myself. Um, how long, for how long do you say Happy New Year to someone? February is definitely cut off time, isn't it? You can't say Happy New Year to people in February. <laughs> They're like, mate, it's not new anymore, it's old. Um, but it's good to be together. I know. I think we had a small enactment um, a little while about a little while ago about some of our isms, and apparently I always say it's great to be together. <laughs> but I, I genuinely mean that. I'm convinced about that, which is why I say it's great to be together. Um, I'm thrilled to see your faces. I hope you're thrilled to see mine. <laughs> um, this morning we're talking about prayer. Can I get a yes? Yes. Um, prayer is a big deal. It's massive. Uh, if we didn't speak to each other, we wouldn't have a relationship. Agreed? If we didn't pray, we wouldn't enjoy a relationship with God. Sure, he, yes, because he's good, thoroughly and completely good. Yes, we enjoy salvation, but a relationship. He wants a relationship. So let's talk about prayer. Um, <clears throat> over the last nine months or so, into 2023, we've had a, a bit of a three-part series on prayer. Um, I think it was the beginning of our spring term, beginning of our summer term, both of those weeks we looked at the Lord's Prayer together. So this is our third and final instalment on prayer. Um, what does Jesus say about prayer? how to engage with prayer, how do we pray. You find this in, in, uh, in Luke 11. Uh, we've been looking at Matthew 6, and today we're going to be looking at Matthew 6, verses 11 to 13. So you'll appreciate, if you've missed uh, some of the previous, the two previous instalment sermons on prayer, there's a bit before we get to this point in the prayer. That's, yes, there's more to it. And so previously on the Lord's Prayer, um, we've seen, that's my best like, TV drama, previously on the Lord's Prayer, we've, um, we've looked at our Father. This is how Jesus said, this is how, this is how to pray. This is how he starts, our Father. When you pray, pray like this, our Father in heaven. We looked at this, he is the glorious one. Um, often, if you look at, uh, if you read through the scriptures, you'll find encounters that people had when they came across angelic beings. And quite often, there would be an undue amount of worship and honour to this particular angelic being. And the, and the angel would go, don't do that. I'm not the glorious one. Uh, as humans, the Bible tells us that we're made in the image of God. There is a, there's, a, there's a glory of mankind that we're made in the image of God. But we're not the glorious one. There's only one glorious one. And he's the one who's father to us, which is absolutely astounding. The one who sustains all of life. 
the one who sustains the stars in the universe, this one, and he wants to be known as Father. We looked at the first petition in the Lord's Prayer, which is, hallowed be your name. It's worship. And, and Jesus is teaching on prayer. And he says the first thing, what's, what's first? Recognize who you're praying to. And who, he, and who is he? He's the author of life itself. And he's Father. Extraordinary. And what comes next? Hallowed be your name. Worship comes next. It doesn't, Jesus isn't prescribing you must always pray like this. If you pray in a wrong order, oh, you're, you'll be smitten. It's not like that. But Jesus is demonstrating something which has very, very big significance. That's kind of significant, significance, isn't it? It's important. Worship. The first thing that comes, Jesus says, this is how you pray. Worship. Hallowed be your name. This is the heart that is seen and tasted the glory of God, the goodness of God. What does your prayer life look like? Hallowed be your name. Someone who's encountered, who knows the Lord, says, hallowed be your name. I've tasted and seen that he is good. And out of that, um, hallowed be your name also means, would everyone see? Because I see and I worship you. Would everyone else be able to see that which I've seen, which is you are glorious and good to me. So hallowed be your name comes next. Next, after that, we looked at, Jesus said, your kingdom come. Your will be done. There's a right way of living. There's a right way of, of thinking. There's a right way of praying. What is that? Jesus, you're first. In everything about your life, everything, in everything about your life, Jesus says, live like this, think like this, pray like this, your kingdom come. Why? Is Jesus trying to, uh, is the Lord trying to rob us of joy? Uh, no. In fact, um, in Psalm 16, verse 11, the psalmist says, You make known to me the path of life. There's many paths. You make known to me the path of life. In that path, in your presence, there's fullness of joy. At your right hand, there's pleasures forevermore. God's not robbing you of joy. Your kingdom come, your will be done. This is how we pray. He's not robbed me of joy. Why? Because at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. He makes, known, he makes known to us the path of life and we enjoy fullness of joy as a result of that. Matthew 33, a few verses later, as Jesus is teaching the Sermon on the Mount, uh, the verses that come after the Lord's Prayer, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Everything else will be added to you. You think, oh, but I was pursuing all of those. I had this, I wanted that. I had this on my mind that I was after. Jesus says, your kingdom come. This is how you pray. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Everything else gets added to you. He is first. He, 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 he has to be first. And then we come to our verses today, and they are, give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And so there's another way of praying. This is important. But I wonder, have you ever been speaking to someone and become aware that they're not listening to anything that you are saying? 
I wonder if you've ever been in that place. I imagine everyone has been in that place and can maybe think of a person, actually a few wives, and are probably looking at their husbands, <laughs> thinking, you're good at this. Um, <laughs> and men, this isn't... <clears throat> actually, let me explain a little bit further. We do this thing. Um, I don't think just men do it. Well, I think we're all guilty, but men are particularly bad at this. And you'll be in conversation... And the man will be able to do this particularly well, not because it's intelligent, it's not intelligent, but they'll go, oh, yeah, yeah, yep, yep, no, oh, 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 no, yes, yes. And they'll do this thing where we give you the right responses until it's actually time to respond, and we have no idea how to respond because we weren't listening. Um, Praise God, he's not like that. God is not like that person who actually just likes their ego being stroked. They'll listen for as long as it's complimentary. And then when it comes to actually engaging in conversation and us trying to articulate what it is we, we need and we want for, they just switch off. God's not like, like that. He's not like that. Isn't that wonderful? What is he like? 1 Peter 5 verse 7 says, Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God, so that at a proper time he may exalt you. This is, and all of this is prayerful. Casting your anxieties on him. Why? This is the scripture, because he cares for you. God's not dismissive. He's just, he's not, he's not ignore, he doesn't ignore you. He, he wants you to come. Cast your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. Amazing. Hebrews 4 verse 16. Let us then, with confidence, draw near to the throne of grace. Why? That we might receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Draw near with confidence, wow, to the throne of grace. That we might receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So there you go. The scene is set. This is what the Lord's like. He wants us. He invites us to come. And, and, and so Jesus says, pray like this. Number one, give us this day our daily bread. In verse 8, just before Jesus leads into the prayer, um, he says, your father knows what you need before you ask him. Jesus doesn't go on to say, therefore, you know, he, he knows what you're thinking. Don't worry about praying. That, that might have been logical. He knows what you're thinking. You don't need to pray. But he doesn't. And I think this speaks so clearly, so loudly about the father heart. If I knew what my children needed, I'm not a perfect father. The chances are, a lot of the time, I go, oh, I know what they need, so I'll just make sure they get it. God's perfect. He's glorious. He's wonderful. And Jesus doesn't say, so don't worry. No, he says, so then pray like this. And he says, come and ask. The Father cares about your concerns. The Father cares about your anxieties. He wants you to come. Sure, we start, hallowed be your name, my Father in heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done. But he wants you to come to this point. This is what I need. He wants you to come to this point. This is what I need. Maybe you're asking, maybe you're asking the Lord about a job. Maybe you're asking the Lord about uh, a promotion. Maybe you're... Maybe you're going through a demotion. Uh, I think we talk about yeah, going up. 
getting better. Life's not that straightforward, isn't it? What about the demotion? What about the thing that appears a little bit, a little bit humiliating? Wrestling with the Lord with these things. How do I do that well? What about a relationship, particular relationship, a number of relationships? Lord, you invite me to come. Wonderful. Hallelujah. You invite me to come. This is what's going on. Father, I need help. Give us this day our daily bread. This is the things that we need. The things that are on your heart that you're concerned about. Maybe it's your finances. Maybe it's your health, your physical health, your mental health. There's things you're genuinely wrestling with the Lord about. <coughs> Cast your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Draw near to the throne of grace that you might find mercy and grace to help in time of need. He invites us to come. We, uh, we fall into the trap occasionally. I'm sure you do. I'm sure <laughs> I do. We start praying slightly selfish, narcissistic prayers. Actually, Lord, <laughs> along with that very serious matter, actually, I also quite like this, quite like that. I think, no, I'm better than that. I don't pray those prayers. I pray the important stuff. Um, often, my children think they'll be happiest. This is, why they, this is why children love Christmas lists, don't they? They've recently done them. Because they think they'll be happiest when they have everything that they want. In actual fact, what gives them the most fulfillment is knowing they have a father who is present. Who's, who's present, always present. Is knowing they've got a father who loves them, who's their biggest champion and mother. Yes, God is our father. Um, what does my children good is knowing, it's not all these gifts, it's not having an, another Nintendo game or, I don't know, whatever makes them happy, whatever they think might make them happy, it's having someone who is present, who loves them, who is their biggest champion, who is rooting for them, who guides them and leads them and helps them and, 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 and encourages them and comforts them when they need it. That's, that's obvious, isn't it? And I think actually, it, it just, just jump it up a level. This is the same with us. Often we go for the things that you think actually, oh, Lord, wouldn't it just be easy if I had more money in my bank or a better paid job? And these are serious concerns. And it's not entirely, sometimes it appears completely reasonable. Oh, what if oh, life is just easier and I had more money and... Oh, but actually, I would quite like these home furnishings. And yeah, and some of that's really reasonable, but the Lord wants to give us what we need. I think there is a, that, that is a thing. The Lord will give us what we need. The Lord's not also in the business. Yes, he will look after us. He's not in the business of making sure we live comfortable lives. He's, he's making us into the image of his son. Bear that in mind. When you think, oh, I didn't get that. Oh, that's not answered yet. Friends, he's, he's, making, he's, he's transforming us into the image of his son. The father is interested in transforming us into the image of Jesus. So this is how we pray. 
And we get to come to him, who is good, who wants to listen and who wants to respond to us. To give us what we need. Seek first the kingdom of God. Everything else will be added to you. Jesus said, this is how you pray. Number two, forgive us our debts. Uh, sorry, for, uh, forgive me as I forgive those who sin against me. This is a big one because this is where often we don't even get to praying because we think, oh, I can't come to the Lord. I know I've done this thing and I can't bring it before him. Or it might be that actually we just don't enjoy, and this is a real thing, and it's really sensitive, but we don't enjoy the same uh, intimacy and relationship with God when there's stuff in our heart, we just, we, and there's unforgiveness there. This is scriptural. This, um, this, isn't, this isn't Phil's hypotheses. The intimacy with the Father is, isn't there as it should be because there's unforgiveness in my heart. This is, this is big. This is a big deal. And so we need to do this regularly. Lord, forgive me. Why? Why? Because you sin more than you realise. I'm not here to, um, to, to increase some kind of spiritual paranoia where you have to constantly, oh my goodness, did I sin? Did I... No, no, what, we, what do we do? We live, up. we live with our hearts transparent, open to the Lord. Lord, search me and know me. Uh, I will live and I will live to honour you and I will engage with everything that is around me uh, in a godly and honour way or disengage from it. But Lord, if I, if I slip up along the way, I invite you, Holy Spirit, make it known to me. I want to live transparently before the Lord. That's how we live. So, so, and so when we know we've got something wrong, Lord, forgive me. And often this stuff is, it's the subtle stuff, isn't it? It's the subtle stuff that is the most, the, the stuff that we are actually less aware of. The big stuff, we know about that stuff. We feel bad about that stuff. It stops us coming to pray. The medium stuff, we know about that stuff. It's the subtle stuff. How are you doing? Coming to the Lord. Lord, forgive me. What about, what about competitive pridefulness? It's just a little bit of competitive pridefulness. You're not as good at uh, losing. You're not as good at getting things wrong as you should be. <laughs> How good are you at loving your neighbour? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul and strength. Love your neighbour as yourself. Jesus said, do these things. Carrying feelings of spite or or bad feelings towards others, just because of that, you know, that thing that happened. Jesus says, don't live that way. <coughs> Having an inflated view of yourself. I'm not saying have a deflated view of yourself is okay. That's not okay either. Living humbly, that's okay. That's good. Humility isn't the same as having a deflated view of yourself. Don't, don't do that. But don't have an inflated view of yourself either. Living in self-pity. Sometimes we can... We can kind of relish, I know, I've been there. We can relish in living in self-pity. Actually, I quite enjoy this. Lord, forgive me. Don't let me go there. Maybe it's the, the, the comments that you do when you're in social situations and, and you might say a, a, a comment which actually gets you a bit of credit. It's a bit funny, but it was at someone else's expense. Only a little bit, but... Jesus says, don't do that. No, we come, how do you pray? Pray like this, Lord, forgive me. You do this regularly. Lord, forgive me. He's making us more like Jesus. As we also have forgiven others, how are you doing? Is there unforgiveness in your heart? This is massive. 
This is massive and this is huge because I know in the room there's probably, there's probably things that you have walked through, things that you've been victim to that are massive. Is there unforgiveness in your heart? I'm not going to try and gloss over, please bear with me as I speak. But this is huge. Why is it not okay to carry unforgiveness in your heart? Because Jesus forgave you. Jesus forgave you. Is there, is there any inkling of unforgiveness somewhere in your heart, ill feeling towards another in your heart? Jesus forgave you. I know some of this stuff is, some of this stuff is deeply painful. And while I've not, I've not had to personally travel through awfully painful stuff, but I've had, I've had to forgive. I've had, when I've been humiliated, I've had to forgive. And, I, and, it, and it hurt. And I didn't want to forgive him. I, but I said, Lord, I know I have to. Because you forgave me. And so I wrestled with it for ages. And I, and I, I was angry because this person humiliated me. I brought it to the Lord. I said, Lord, I, I'm struggling here to forgive this person. All I feel is, is hatred in my heart towards them. And if I had it my way, I'd hurt them. But I can't do that. Lord, you've got to help me. And so we live with this stuff. And, and, and Jesus says, you've got to forgive them. And if you don't forgive them, you say, I can't forgive them. What you're saying is, your sin against, what you're saying to the Lord is, their sin against you is worse than your sin against the Lord. The Lord is holy. The Lord is holy. I know some of us maybe may have travelled from some awful stuff. The Lord is holy. And Jesus says, you've got to forgive them. I forgave you. Do you want to know freedom? There's fu- there is fullness in forgiveness. There is freedom in forgiveness. Jesus says, this is how you pray. What is prayer? Prayer is a lifestyle. This isn't, this is, this is, here's a moment of something that you just need to articulate. No, prayer is a lifestyle. Prayer is a relationship. This is how you live. This is how you pray. Lord, forgive me. Lord, help me forgive others. This is massive. And if, and if I realise in some respects, maybe it's almost offensive to, to hear what I've just said. Uh, I'm not here to offend you. If the, I would love to engage in conversation with you or maybe with someone else who's particularly sensitive. I'm a man and might, that might not be helpful. But if you're not a Christian in the room, what we believe as Christians is that our sin separates us from a holy God. We're sinful. And, we, and everyone knows that. Everyone knows that. The things we do, the things we say, the things we think, we're sinful. Our sin before a holy God is punishable by death because he's holy. Not because he wants to. He wants to save us, hence why Jesus came. Jesus came to take your place where you should have died. And so he offers forgiveness for you, to you. This is the wonder of the gospel. Absolute wonder of the gospel. Jesus comes to forgive. And so we say, Lord, let there not be anything in my heart that is unforgiveness towards someone else because you forgave me. This is how we pray. Jesus said, pray like this, number three. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Why did Jesus instruct us to pray that? Does he choose not to protect us unless we ask him? No, I don't think so. Scripture doesn't teach us that. No, the Lord protects us. He, he, he's a hedge behind, before and behind us, is what the Bible says. He will protect us. But Jesus also knows the world in which we're living in. And Jesus promised us you will go through hardships and trials. So there is your promise. There is your future. You will go through hardships and trials. Yes! Jesus knows this. Jesus says, so you'll travel through this. So this is how you pray. Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. Why pray like this? 1 Peter 5 uh, 1 Peter 1, verses 5 to 7 says this, Who, talking about us, by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to, ready to be revealed in the last time. He's going to give you salvation. In this you rejoice, this wonderful salvation that he's guarding for you. In this you rejoice. Though for a little while, if necessary, you've been grieved by various trials. If necessary, you've been grieved by various trials. So there's a purpose to it. Why? So that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, though it's tested by fire, may be found to result in the praise and glory and honour at the revelation of Jesus Christ. We promised we would go through hard times. That's difficult. We promised we would travel through hard times. Some of that's as a result of your faith. Some of that's just life, living in a broken world. We promise we'll go through hard times. What's, what, 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 is, what does he promise us? That as you travel through this, your faith, more precious than gold, though it's tested by fire, may be found to result in, uh, to, in, in praise and honour and glory at the revelation of Jesus when you come to see Jesus. So Jesus says, as you travel through this stuff, Jesus, knowing what this is, knowing the world that is before his disciples, says, this is how you go through it. You pray like this. Lead me not into temptation. As I go through this, Lord, I pray you would deliver me from temptation that I wouldn't stumble. I pray that you would deliver me from the devil's schemes that would, have me, uh, that would keep me from you, that would separate me from you and lead me to fall into temptation and away from God. This is how we pray. Rather than being wrapped in cotton wool and hidden from the outside world, God wants us to learn and enjoy and experience his great strength to save us. To know his unfaltering faithfulness and to experience his comfort as we walk through difficult seasons. Rather than being wrapped in cotton wool and hidden from the outside world, God wants us to learn to enjoy and to experience his great strength to save us day by day and to know his unfaltering faithfulness as we walk and to experience his comfort. He wants us to walk closely with him, saying, Father in heaven, <laughs> wow, Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. I worship you because you saved my soul. And there's fullness and fullness of joy and pleasures at your right hand forevermore. This is what you invite me into. Hallowed be your name. So your kingdom come because I can't be about me now. I'm about you. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Now, Lord, this is what I need. Give me my daily bread. Forgive me for my sins. Thank you that you, you beckon me come rather than stay distant. When I'm sinful, when I'm struggling with stuff, you beckon me come. So, Lord, forgive me as I forgive those who, who sin against me. And this is something that isn't like that. We travel through it and we wrestle with it. Sometimes that takes half an hour. Sometimes that takes weeks. And we wrestle with it until he, he, he helps us get to that point of forgiveness. Holy Spirit, help me. Lord, forgive me as I've forgiven those who sin against me. Lead me not into temptation as I travel through this life. Deliver me from the evil one. That my faith, more precious than gold, your faith, more precious than gold, will be found to result in praise and honour and glory at the revealing of Jesus. This is how you pray. This is a lifestyle. This is how we live. Why doesn't the band come up? Um, if you were able to do some twinkling away on your instruments, that would be wonderful. Why don't we stand, if, if you're able, if you would like. I'd love us to, to, to respond to Scripture. This is what the Word of God says. Why don't you, where you are, just open your hands. Do you know that the Lord has good stuff for us? Do you know that? The Lord has good stuff for you, for me, for us as a church. Do you believe that? Why don't we just welcome the Holy Spirit? Why don't you welcome in the Holy Spirit in your heart right now? Articulate that out loud if you want. That's, that's a beautiful thing. Articulate that in your heart, please. But let's, uh, let's invite him. Lord, well, Lord, we love you. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we love you. We welcome you. Thank you, Lord, you. Thank you, Lord, you. You do bring us into freedom. Lord, you, you said, take my yoke upon you. Take my burden upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You said that, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, I pray as we stand here, Lord, with our hands open, expectant, Lord, I pray that you would do something in our hearts. Jesus, we want to live. We want to live you first. We want to live worshipful. And sometimes we, ref we reflect on these realities and we know that's not always the case. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. I just want to say, the Lord wants to meet with you now. <laughs> that's not surprising. That's not surprising. The Lord wants to meet with us now. Just engage with God as he, as he comes. He wants to meet with you. So say, Lord, come then, please. Why don't you invite him? Lord, come. Please, I need you. I need your strengthening. I need your comforting. Thank you, Lord. We love you, Holy Spirit. We welcome you. We welcome you, come. Some of the stuff that we talked about this is a lifestyle prayer is a lifestyle this prayer this way 
is a lifestyle, but it's hard. And I don't say this trivially, but there's some, some of us in the room who are battling with unforgiveness, or maybe it's unforgiveness of yourself. You can't, you can't stay there. You cannot stay there. I mean that. It's the word of God. You can't stay there. Not if you want freedom. And the Lord wants to give you freedom. So why don't you just cry out to the Lord where you are? Bring this thing before the Lord. Lord, I need you. This is a lifestyle. I want to live in intimacy with you. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray freedom would come right now. In Jesus' name. Where there's, where there's grief for our own sin, we, we praise you, Lord. You do not keep us away at arm's length, but in fact, it is when we're sinful. <clears throat> Lord, you invite us strongest. Come and I'll get you clean. My blood speaks a better word. That's what Jesus says. My blood speaks a better word. I've got freedom for you. This is a lifestyle. This is how we pray. Lord, we, we come to you. We come to you, Lord. I pray for freedom now, Lord, in this room. Increasing freedom. I pray for burdens to be lifted now, Lord Jesus. In your wonderful name, Lord Jesus. In your wonderful name, Lord Jesus. Freedom come. Holy Spirit, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Why don't you invite the Spirit more? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We continue to do business with God as we worship, but as um, if there's something particularly that you'd love to get some prayer for, maybe you could um, indicate in some way to, to someone around you, or you can raise your hand. We'd love to come and pray with you. Um, maybe if... Um, if you've been a life group leader, maybe you could keep your eyes open. If you're doing business with God, then carry on. But keep your eyes open for anyone who might want to respond in some way to say, I'd love you to pray with me. Let's, um, let's worship together.